0: okay all right <coughs> uh, man. everybody got one of these or can see one okay all right. okay <coughs> I who's sitting next to you? And And you're head, but that's okay. All right. <laughs> uh, uh, so uh if you I want you to kind of play like this morning that you're all around my dining table, okay? <coughs> that we're just I just want to share from my heart and Share what the Lord's been doing with me the last week or two, and uh, so just pull up a, a chair there, and we'll we'll just talk, and you share. We got a new our new year. We've talked about that already. A new calendar year. Uh, it's kind of like some of us have these birthdays. It's just another day sometimes. <laughs> another day but it, it marks something in this calendar year and uh, you've seen all kind of things on social media about how we're supposed to act and what we need to act and so forth and so on. And I would encourage you on three or four points. Number one, forget about last year. Forget about your disappointments. Uh, forget about those things that you can't change and just focus on this new year and, and what we can do those things that have been dragging you down that you can control let it go and I know that's harder to do than me just saying it but for your own spiritual welfare for your own physical welfare we need to do it we need to just leave it at the Lord and let him take care of those things that we cannot control I would like to encourage you to read scripture Uh, I've passed out some reading plans and we have I have some here that you're welcome to come get if you read the scripture and if you read it all year and if you read through the Bible all year it comes back to to help us understand where we are you understand some of the things oh oh and I guarantee you I don't care how many times you've read the scripture through when you read it again the Lord will show you something else that, that you didn't that you had missed or had forgot or just just was new to you so read, read the scriptures now it takes about 15 to 20 minutes a day and and I understand but we're not so busy that we can't take 15 or 20 minutes a day and sit down with God's word and read scripture we just need to make you just need to plan on doing it you, you, you get up earlier or stay up late whatever it needs to do but just plan on reading the scriptures ok now we need to pray for our church I have mentioned these committees that we we've got going on and we need to pray for those but the only reason we're in business the only reason this church exists is to win men and women boys and girls to Jesus that's all that matters that's it that's a total sub that's that's why we're in business and I'll say a little bit more about that as we go that's our focus so we need to pray that the Lord will use us and lead us and not just growth in our own church that's not necessarily where I am however that's an indicator we just need to to let uh, the Lord lead us to people We've talked about babies. We need babies. We need young adults. We lead young couples. So pray to that end. And when the Lord puts somebody in your path, mention it to Him. Uh, have they got a church? Do they know Jesus? And if not, lead them to us. Uh, now turn with your Bible to John chapter 15 we're just going to stay there a minute and we're going to look at some stuff John chapter
1: 15
0: Matthew, Mark, Luke, John you got it Jack John chapter 15 let's look at verses 18 and 19 John chapter 15 This is Jesus saying If if your Bible is printed in red You see it in red 18 verse 18 If the world hates you You know that it has hated me Before it hated you If you were of the world The world would love its own Because you are not of the world But I have chosen you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. Jesus is talking. We've In our study of Acts, and you can go to Acts now if you want to, and I'll catch up there in a minute, but in our study of Acts, we know that when the people were at Antioch of Assyria, we've talked about that, And one of the first things we find out about Antioch, they were first called Christians at Antioch. They were Christ's followers at this point in Antioch. Alright, we're going to look at a few little verses of Scripture. Acts 13, Acts 16, and Acts 19. So we'll just walk through those real quick. So... Uh, now let's go to Acts 13, 49. Acts 13, 49. <laughs> and the word of the Lord was being spread through the whole region but the Jews incited the devout women of the prominence and the leading men of the city and instigated a persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district Jesus said they hated me they'll hate you chapter 16 verse 20 and when they had brought them to the chief magistrates they said these men are throwing our city into confusion being Jews and are proclaiming customs which it is not lawful for us to accept or observe, being Romans. And we go on down to verse uh, 22. The crowd rose up against them, and the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded them to, beat, to be beaten with rods. Then they struck them in, stuck them in prison. And about midnight, verse 25, Paul and Silas were praying and singing and praising God. And there was an earthquake. The outcome of that was the the jailer was saved. Not only that, but his household. But he was beaten. Jesus said, If they hate me, they'll hate you. Look at chapter 19 look at verse 10 Paul was at Ephesus and he was talking about how the Holy Spirit moved verse 5 says and when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus we talked about there were 12 men there look at verse 10 and this took place for two years so that all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord both Jews and Greeks Paul had been beaten thrown in jail in prison but he kept preaching he kept kept telling them about Jesus and in this particular case all who lived in Asia heard the word of the Lord both Jews and Greeks and it gets worse as we go on through the book of Acts in the next Sundays we see where Paul it gets worse he's beaten because of Jesus Christmas is a time of giving gifts and we had several gift exchanges in Arkansas and in one of the early exchanges I was given this book The Insanity of God right first rattle out of the box I didn't like it because I didn't like the title I don't think there's anything insane about God but that's what Nick Ripken chose to title this book but I started reading I started reading and I couldn't put it down and in just the the course of a day and a half or two days I'd read the entire book and it shook me to my core shook me to my core it's about the persecuted church He talks about starting out in Sudan. Let me read you just some of it. Satan at his worst is evil to its core and persecution is in essence, does not overly seek to starve, beat, imprison torture or kill followers of Jesus the strategy of Satan is simple and more diabolical than that what is Satan's paramount intent quite simply it is this denying the world access to Jesus Satan's greatest desire is for people of this planet to leave Jesus alone Satan desires that we turn away from Jesus or that we never find him in the first place if Satan cannot be successful at that he desires to keep believers quiet to diminish or silence our witness and to stop us from bringing others to Christ it's that simple Nick's wife is named Ruth when Ruth and I speak and share with the western churches that's our hemisphere we're often asked if we believe what that persecution is coming to America and my response is rather pointed. I say quite sincerely why would Satan want to wake us up? he is already shut us up why would Satan bother with us when we are already accomplishing his goal he will likely conclude that it's better to just let us sleep we live in a great land we live in a land that that we're free I've never been persecuted for my faith in any relationship none of us like to be taken for granted is that a true statement? we don't want to be taken for granted and yet when it comes to the church of the Lord Jesus and where we are we take it for granted we take our freedom for granted we take our churches for granted we take sharing jesus for granted it's not a high priority on our list and we've been christians some of us for years and as he told the church and jesus told the church in revelation we've lost our first love we've lost the excitement, the enthusiasm the drive, the want to to tell people where we are where we've come from what we want to do you with me? here's a copy of this I've got one left I've asked uh, Brenda to read this little sheet that you have in front of you if you will get that and follow as she reads Kelly can you look on with somebody there You. Have?
1: There's an
0: okay would you give it to Kelly please everybody can see one okay Sandra whenever you want to if you'll read for us and we'll go from there
1: Samira is one of the strongest, most courageous Christian believers out of Islam that Ruth and I have ever known. Young, single, and well-educated, Samira gave her life to Jesus after a series of dreams and visions. Miraculously, she had found a Bible, and she had started reading it on her own. She had been discussing her questions and faith issues with a conservative imam. Through that, God guided pilgrimage Samara gave her heart to Jesus. When I met Samara, she had already been forced to flee her home country. She was working for the United Nations as a women's advocate in refugee camps on the border between two Central Asian countries. She first surprised me by walking into the interview room covered from head to toe in the most conservative, Shariah-sheik fashion. I was in for an even bigger surprise when she closed the door behind her and immediately began to shed her traditional Muslim garb. She first removed the hijab that covered her head and face, then she removed the dark flowing burqa that enveloped and covered the rest of her. Moments later she sat down on the other side of the table from me, smiling warmly and looking the part of an attractive modern western young woman in the casual outfit colorful yet modest flowers over a pair of American blue jeans. She had been wearing this clothing beneath the burka. Her transformation had been so sudden, so complete, so stunning, that the best way, maybe the only way I can describe it is to say, it was like watching a beautiful butterfly emerge from a cocoon. In proficient English, Samara explained that her current job for the United Nations was to represent women who had been raped by the Taliban militia. The leaders of the militia wanted to kill Samara because of her faith in Christ and because of her attempts to hold them accountable in the United Nations court of law. She had personally led more than 30 women to Christ, baptized them, and was now discipling them. She had done all of this in an environment nearly devoid of male believers who might be able to lend her protection. I listened in amazement as she shared the story of her own spiritual pilgrimage. The Lord was obviously using her in a powerful way. By the time she and I met, Samara's superiors were already seeking to extradite Samara to the United States for her own protection. I begged her to stay among her own people because I couldn't see how God could replace this young woman of faith in such a dark and difficult place. However, the slow grinding, irreversible years of international diplomacy had already been set in motion. Samara was whisked out of Central Asia and flown immediately to the American Midwest where she began to make a new life. When I arrived home from my trip, I told Ruth all about this remarkable young woman. We arranged to fly her from her new home to Kentucky for a visit. She spent a week in our home. We took Samira to a moderate-sized church in Central Kentucky for Sunday morning worship. It just so happened that this was a baptism service scheduled for that morning. An entire family, mother, father, and two children, were to be baptized. As their baptism progressed with this young lady believer from a Muslim background sitting in the pew between Ruth and I, I noticed Samara began to fidget, twisting, turning, rocking back and forward. It was as if she had been, was having an anxiety attack. In a quiet whisper, I asked her if there was something wrong. Samara tugged on the sleeve of my jacket. She whispered forcefully in my ear, I cannot believe this. I cannot believe that I have lived long enough to see people being baptized in public, an entire family together. No one shooting at them, no one threatening them, no one going to will go to prison, no one will be tortured, and no one will be killed. And they are being openly and freely baptized as a family. I never dreamed that God could do such things. I never believed that I would live to see a miracle like this. I couldn't help smiling as I turned my eyes back toward the baptismal at the front of the church. A few seconds later, I noticed Samara glancing around the congregation, looking confused and a little troubled. When she caught my eye, she leaned toward me. Why aren't all the people standing, she wanted to know. What do you mean, I whispered back. Why aren't all these people standing and cheering and clapping at such a miracle from God? I think that I'm going to burst with joy. I think I'm going to shout. I nearly laughed out loud. Go ahead, sister, if you want to shout, I'll shout with you. For a minute or so, she looked like she might, but she didn't, and neither did I. Ruth and I, however, spent the rest of that service with tears running down our own faces as we divided our attention between the family being baptized and the rapturous countenance of our friend Samara, this Muslim background believer from one of the toughest places on the planet who had called us to take notice of the miracle of the moment. Indeed, it is all a miracle. Fellow believers around the world in countries of persecution have themselves discovered and reminded me there is no one like Jesus and nothing can match the power of our resurrection faith.
0: Folks, that's the country we live in. And it's a country and a freedom that we've taken for granted. This young lady was run out of town, run out of her country, run out of her, (coughs) away from her family because of her faith. And she found her faith through reading a scripture just reading a scripture earlier in the book Nick talks about the, the house church in China and how there are millions of Chinese Christians and how they're living there and he's witnessed in a meeting of a bunch of pastors from the house, house church that they would take a book of the Bible and tear it out give it to this pastor another book of the Bible tear it out give it this, this pastor till they had gone through the entire Bible 66 books and had given each pastor a small portion of Scripture. I don't know how many Bibles I've got on my shelf in my office, but I dare to say it's 10 or 12, different versions, different things. Oh, how we take for granted God's Word. Oh, how we take for granted how Jesus can prick the hearts of people and save them. Oh, how we take for granted our faith in America. And there are people down the street from us that we know. We don't know that they're believers. We say maybe they are and maybe they don't. But we're not concerned. If I could encourage you to do anything in this year is get a passion to tell people about Jesus because just like this 16 year old boy that was killed in Baton Rouge the other night he didn't have another chance what did he do for Jesus did he accept him before that time because it's all over now it's all over now if you have family members that are not saved you make it a priority to tell them about Jesus and lead them to faith if you have friends that you don't want to see bust hell wide open tell them about Jesus We don't know the persecution that people are living with around the world. And we're on easy street. That's all I've got. Think about it. Think about what we're in business for. Where we are. And what our responsibility needs to be. We'll pick up in where Art left off last week in Acts, Acts next week. But uh, if somebody wants to borrow the insanity of God, I don't still don't like the title, but but it is a tremendous read about the persecuted church. Tremendous read. Let's go to the Lord, Father. Again, we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for saving us we thank you for for what you've allowed us to have and father forgive us for being complacent forgive us for taking you for granted forgive us for not having a passion for the lost and in this new year Lord help Bill to do what he knows to do and we thank you in Jesus name
1: I mean